Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's issues on this Thursday, May the 13th. Thank you for joining us here on American Family Radio. Wherever you may be listening across the good old U.S. of A. or around the world. Joining me to co-host the program this morning is Walker Wildman. Good morning, Walker. Good morning. Good to be on the show today. Fred Jackson. Yes, great to be here on this beautiful fall day in Mississippi. Well, it feels like fall, doesn't it? It is wild. It is wonderful. Yeah, no football, though. No, no, that's right. Uh, but you don't care about that. <laughs> if it isn't football on ice, Fred doesn't care about it. Ray Pritchard, how you doing, Brother Ray? Hey, I'm doing good, Tim, and uh, great to be with you today. Nice weather in KC, KS. It's, it's a little chilly this morning. Bright, sunny skies. But I've got the heater on. I'm here in my basement, and I'm a little, I'm a little chilly this morning. Was it about 50, 52, 53? Yeah, yeah, something like that. We're going to get up into the 60s, but I'm, you know, I'm ready for some, a few solid months of warm weather. Right. Now. I hear you. Uh, hey, Dr. Alex McFarland will be joining us later on in the hour. We're going to talk to Alex about um, the anti-Semitism uh, that. Exist in the world today. I know that's a broad question, but yet we're seeing the uh, by anti-Semitism, I mean uh, biases uh, and prejudices against Jewish people. That's what I'm talking about, basically. And in the state of Israel, we're going to talk about that coming up later in the program, and we do, do so from a biblical uh, perspective. Uh, Fred, what's uh, that? That's kind of leaving the news today, isn't it? That's one of the stories, but uh, let's start off with some really good news this morning. Let's have it. The oil is flowing again in the Colonial Pipeline, and that is going to be relief, particularly to folks like North Carolina. North Carolina, early this morning, they were reporting almost 70% of the gas stations were out of gas. Uh, there's been panic buying in these various states along the eastern seaboard because uh, basically, the eastern seaboard states, we're talking North Carolina, Virginia, uh, South Carolina, uh, to a certain extent in Georgia and Florida. But uh, they depend uh, on the Colonial Pipeline for almost half of their oil and gas. The Atlanta airport uh, depends on the Colonial Pipeline uh, for jet fuel. So this has been a major crisis uh, for several states. But the good news is Colonial Pipeline flowing this morning again. Now, we do have to say, uh, Colonial is saying, it's going to take two, three weeks before things start to get back to normal. So don't expect to drive by your favorite gas station this morning and they're, they've got gas again. So we don't want to raise that expectation. And we're coming up on the Memorial Day weekend, so the demand as the gas gets back in the system again is going to rise again. So... We are getting to that point. Now, we just learned before we went on the air that Colonial, you will remember all this problem started with ransomware from a group of bad actors, they say, in the former Soviet Union, and uh, they demanded money to take away the problem. And apparently Colonial, uh, Walker, has paid $5 million. Yeah. 
uh, for as a ransom. Yeah, that's what Bloomberg News is reporting, is that Colonial Pipeline has paid uh, the hackers $5 million in Bitcoin. Contradicting reports earlier this week, I'm reading from the Bloomberg article, that the company had no intention of paying the extortion fee. Yeah, and I'm, I don't know what you do about that. I, I mean, a lot of people will judge Colonial saying that was a mistake. Uh, well, but, my only issue is if you paid the ransom, why are y'all? Why have they been down for seven days? Mm-hmm. Pay the ransom on day one, get back online the same get back day. Online. Um, and also, you're, you're, this is already an industry. It's it's a it's a black market industry, but this is going to make it even more popular. If you can hack systems and make five million dollars in a week, yeah, well they are, but weren't they already in business, so to speak, um, hacking hospitals and? Yeah, but and- I, in my opinion, this is going to further exacerbate an existing problem. It's like paying ISIS for hostages. You're encouraging Boko Haram and the rest of the terrorist groups. If I get hostages, I can make five million dollars. But Ray, isn't the reason that it's so successful? I'm talking about this ransomware is because it works. Because it, listen, it's easy to say, and I, I'm not faulting your logic, Walker. I agree with you. However, it's uh, easy to say don't pay the ransom uh, unless you have uh, states start running out of gas, gasoline for their cars, and then people get angry and upset, and you, you start affecting the economy, and then you go, why don't we just pay the $5 million and be done with it? Well, that's exactly the, that's exactly the thought process here. Because you know, what, the, what these hackers have done is they have gone in and they have somehow found a way to get into systems. They encrypt within those systems so that Colonial has no way to get their pipeline back online unless they pay the money. And I also think it's a pretty clever idea to demand payment in Bitcoin. I mean, first of all, who really understands that anyway? Number two, that's a form of crypto. That is cryptocurrency that by definition is almost untraceable, almost unfollowable versus, say, the lira, the yen, the U.S. dollar. So maybe Colonial felt like in this situation they had no choice. But doesn't it guarantee this is going to happen again. Oh yeah, it'll happen to all kinds of industries. Yeah, uh, that's just the world we live in today, unfortunately. But another aspect of this story that we learned in the last couple of days is that Colonial Pipeline, in its software, had very much outdated software. We talked about this, I think, yesterday or the day before. They had a Windows-based piece of software that wasn't updated. And that created some of the problems. So this is also a warning for whether it's a pipeline, a hospital, whatever the case, you better hire the best IT people who understand and put the latest software in place to protect yourself against this. And apparently, according to the stories that we read, Colonial was behind the eight ball right from the beginning on this. And these ransomware guys, they can test what kind of software that you have. And if they find a vulnerability, a hole in the wall... They're going to run for it. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, so it'll be a few days delayed, Walker, but uh, things should be back to normal in terms of people getting their gasoline, what, in a week to 10 days maybe? Yeah, I think by early to mid next week, you'll see uh, gas stations begin to be filled back up. Yeah. Raise your hand if you had ever heard of the Colonial Pipeline before now. (laughs) I'd never heard of it. Never. Evidently, it's the largest uh, gas and oil 
is it called oil? It's refined fuel. It's it's fuel ready for your vehicle, ready for your, the airplane. Ga- it carries gasoline. Correct. Yeah, gasoline uh, and and oil, and uh, jet fuel. Uh, so I'm 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 okay. I'm assuming there's about three pipes inside the pipe. Yeah, it car- it carries. It doesn't carry huh. oil. It carry oil comes into the into Texas into Houston from the from the Gulf, and then they refine it in Houston, Texas. And turn it into into diesel, diesel oil, jet yeah. fuel, and gasoline for your vehicle. And those three are pumped through the southeast up all the way all to the way New to, York. Oh, oh, yeah, all the way. Yeah, wow. And then companies uh, tap into the line in different states, put it in trucks, and drive it to your to your did local. You, did you gas notice yesterday where the uh, spokesperson for the Biden administration on energy? Uh, I know she has a proper title and a, and, a, and a real name, but I can't think of it right now. But anyway, basically, she said yesterday the best way to get uh, gasoline to people is through pipes. Mm-hmm. To the pipelines, yeah. Pipelines. And so she's uh, – and, and that begs the question, well, why did your boss shut down the Keystone Pipeline? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. We know why why he did it, uh, mm-hmm. to please the environmentalists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Right. Yeah. So anyway. Um, All right. Next story, Fred. Well, the next story is uh, Israel and what's going on in the Middle East this morning. This started several days ago uh, with the Hamas terrorist control Gaza uh, sending hundreds of missiles uh, in various places in Israel, reaching right up to the doorstep of Jerusalem. Uh, so this has been this has been an intense battle. It's ongoing. Uh, the Israeli army has now placed troops right on the border with Gaza, and uh, so it is not over yet. Uh, Joel Rosenberg, author Joel Rosenberg, quite well known uh, in in various circles. He lives in Jerusalem. Uh, he was on with Shannon Bream last night on Fox News, and uh, he he's going to give you this update as to what they're facing. Uh, the people of Israel and living in Jerusalem. It's cut number one. We're continuing as we speak to take uh, incoming rockets. There have been more than 1,500 rockets fired uh, in the last uh, uh, little over 48 hours now, coming up on 60 hours. Uh, What you have to understand, Shannon, is that each of these is, is a double war crime. These are rockets being fired from Gaza, from schools, from hospitals, from mosques, from businesses, from behind civilian populations. And that's one war crime. Then they're being fired here at us in Israel. Uh, I'm in Jerusalem. We've had uh, seven rockets fired at us, but mostly the southern tier in Tel Aviv. But every time they fire, they're firing at civilian population. Uh, And this is another war crime. Hmm. Yeah, and, and, and the point needs to be made. These Hamas terrorists, who are almost soulless, when they they situate their missile firing devices in apartments where people live, they shoot from there. And so what you see the mainstream media reporting on is that Israel's missiles have killed 40 women and children and, you know, 20 terrorists. Well, the reason those women and children are dying is because... Hamas is making the decision to fire their weapons from residential areas. Well, and use them as human shields. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, Ray. First of all, uh, normally the Gaza terrorist 
Gaza Strip terrorists don't fire rockets into Jerusalem right. or the Jerusalem area because you have 25% of the population of Jerusalem are Arabs. Right. So you're just, you're killing, you're killing you're your own people, killing your own people. So most of the time they fire, and he said six rockets out of how many were fired toward Jerusalem. Most all of them are going to be fired toward Tel Aviv, which is right. almost 100% uh, Jewish. So that's the first thing. The second thing, the Iron Dome is the only thing protecting Israel right now. Well, their military too, uh, uh, retaliating, but the Iron Dome shoots down the, these incoming rockets. Um, but it sounded like to me, Ray, you got a barrage. So the Iron Look, Dome, the, Iron Dome yeah. is like a. Uh, if you okay, so so the Gaza shoot the Gaza terrorists shoot a rocket. And the Israelis right. launch a, a what's called the Iron Dome, which intercepts the rocket over airspace, and it comes crashing to the ground. Go ahead, Ray. Number one, the Israelis are better at this than anybody in the world. They have the most sophisticated anti-missile defense system anywhere. And they're, they are the most advanced, number one, because of the technology, number two, because they have to. It's a matter of sheer survival. Here's the problem they're facing you launch four or five missiles in, they can take four or five missiles down. You launch 40 at a time, some of them are going to get through. You launch 150 at a time, a bunch are going to get through, no matter how successful the Iron Dome is. What I'm saying is it's a great system. It's the best in the world. Mm -hmm. But even it is not 100% effective, and that's why you're seeing seeing reports of casualties, death, buildings destroyed in Israel— and the other thing, Tim, I want to say is that uh, what Hamas is doing in the Gaza Strip, you said human shields. That's exactly It's human sacrifice. They are sacrificing men and women, boys and girls, who are uh, their own people. They are allowing their own people to be killed because that's they're putting the missile launchers in a place where the Israelis must strike back. So, yes, and as Joel Rosenberg referred to this a few minutes ago, Walker, what you got? Hamas, if you don't know what Hamas is, Hamas is been labeled an international terrorist organization by the U.S. government and others. They're like a gang, okay, or a, uh, a uh, cartel, if you will. And they control the Gaza Strip. The Gaza Strip is where a lot of the Palestinians or Arabs live uh, in that area. Now, a lot of the Arabs live in other places in Israel, including Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Nazareth, and other places. But uh, so the 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 Hamas organization uh, fires these missiles that they get from Iran, primarily, the way I understand it, <clears throat> at innocent Israeli citizens. They are firing uh, at at residential areas, they don't care who right. they murder and who they kill. I'm telling you this because the, the, the left-wing media in this country and around the world, quite frankly, try to, uh, try to create a moral equivalency, okay? So you have the Hamas shooting at not uh, the military of Israel, but uh, innocent, innocent people in residential areas. What happens then is Israel retaliates, except Israel retaliates, they try to as best they can, in a targeted uh, fashion. 
so that they're trying to take out the leaders of Hamas uh, without having to use ground troops to go into Gaza, which would be a lot of casualties there if Israel were to have to do that. And they may yet mm-hmm. have to do that. Uh, so those targeted um, retaliations on, on the from the Israeli military inevitably is going to kill uh, innocent people in Gaza who are Arabs, Palestinians, because uh, that's just the nature of, of warfare, right? It, it's, it's sad, but it happens. Okay, then... Follow me here. Then the Hamas organization brings out the dead people, including children and women, and they and they parade them around, and the media shows it, and then they go, "Look, look what Israel did to our women and children." Right. And then there's outrage, and then the UN condemns Israel. This is the cycle of how this works. But so Walker, you see that you see the pattern here, and yeah. you see the manipulation. Of the story, yeah, Hamas is essentially in certain circ- instances holding uh, innocent civilians in Gaza hostage because Israel gives advance. Who, think about this: Who does this? Israel gives advance warnings to Gaza c- civilians and militants that they are going to bomb a building. Yes, they mark the buildings an hour or two in advance that they're going to bomb and warn everyone in the building to get out. Hamas doesn't do that. And so the civilians that don't get out, the only logical reason you would not get out of a building that you know is going to be bombed hours in advance is if you're being held hostage by Hamas in the building. Yeah. Um, and so that's what happens. And, um, and and Israel does everything that they can to limit civilian casualties in the Gaza Strip. Um, but there's only so much they can do. Joel Rosenberg last night when he was on with Shannon Bream says this problem is not going to stop until the Palestinian people, if they ever will, deal with the fact that Hamas terrorists are causing all the problems. Cut number two. Gaza does need to be liberated, but not from Israel. Israel evacuated all of our people and all of our military in 2005. There's not a single Israeli soldier, not a single Israeli citizen in Gaza, completely liberated. They have beachfront property, they have natural gas off their borders, They could be building a paradise. And this tragedy, uh, uh, not just for us, uh, Shannon, but for the Palestinian people of Gaza, they are being held hostage by the most wicked and evil uh, regime on the planet. This is a regime that is is inviting the destruction of its own people. One out of three rockets that, that Hamas fires, misfires and falls on the Palestinian people. This is insane. Yeah, so there you have it. What he's saying is the Hamas terrorists, they run Gaza, but they're not really interested in developing an economy. As you heard Rosenberg say, they have gas and oil right off their coastline. They they could be using that to help their citizens. Here's the reality. Hamas terrorists exist. They hate Israel. They want Israel wiped off the face of the earth. They work with their allies in Iran. Where do you think Hamas is getting all their missiles? You just heard Joel Rosenberg said 1,500 missiles have come out of Gaza in the last three or four days. They all come from Iran. So, and got- you know, the, the interesting thing here, too, is that Iran, uh, excuse me, that Israel keeps a close eye on this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm quite frankly a little surprised that, that uh, Hamas was able to have this, this many rockets. 
And uh, also Egypt helps. Um, Egypt helps to try to keep those rockets from coming into um, to to the to Gaza. Gaza Strip. Mm-hmm. Gaza Strip is located between Israel and and Egypt because Israel doesn't want a war in that region of the world either. Uh, Ray, so I mean, I, I guess I'm surprised that uh, Hamas had access to so many so many rockets. You know, Tim used the word earlier, cartel. That's a really good way of thinking about Gaza. I mean, we asked the question about the Mexican drug cartels, right, up mm-hmm. near up near the border. And people say, well, why doesn't the government look in those? When the, when the cartel is in control, they are the government. So Hamas is like, a, is like a drug cartel that's in control of Gaza. So they're not going to get rid of themselves. Egypt has limited influence. And I was thinking about what you said, Tim. The last resort of all the last resorts Israel wants is a land war in Gaza, which would just be enormous bloodshed. So it gives Hamas a certain degree of freedom. They know the Israelis are not going to send troops in because that's yeah. the last thing they want to do. So they are trading buildings and people for the right to launch rockets into Israel. It is a it is a quagmire over there. Uh, I, I yeah. think Israel is doing the best they can now. And, and let me just say, too, uh, having traveled over to Israel 25 times and uh, talking to um, a lot of Arabs who are citizens of Israel, I remember one tour guide who's in his 70s, I mentioned this before, who lived in Israel his whole life. He's an Arab Christian. Uh, but he told me, it's well known, that the uh, leaders of the Palestinian people uh, be it Hamas, although we're not supposed to give money to Hamas, but uh, Abbas, the Palestinian, what's it called now? It's not PLO, it's... Palestinian Authority? Uh, Palestinian Authority. Authority. Anyway, remember when Yasser Arafat was in charge for all those decades? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the Americans and, 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 and other countries in the world would give him money. A lot of money. Yes, we give Israel a lot of money, but we give give him a lot of money too. And he said it was just all wasted and spent on a lavish lifestyle and of uh, Yasser Arafat and control mm-hmm. uh, for his henchmen. So he said of all that money over the decades that could have been used to build hospitals and schools and highways and and a better life for the Palestinian people there, the Arab people there, and yet it was all just uh, con- wasted and controlled by. Remember all that money that was found in Swiss bank accounts that belonged to Yasser Arafat. Yeah, remember that. So that's money he was pocketing himself. So it, 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 quagmire is a good word to use, uh, Ray. But Israel must defend itself now. Right. Uh, uh, for whatever you may think of President Joe Biden, and I think very little of him. Yesterday, at least he did come out with a uh, public statement in support of Israel. Did he not, Fred? Yes, he did. He said Israel has a right to defend herself. Okay. And he was condemned by the left in his own party. AOC said that was a terrible thing for Joe Biden to say. Yeah. Why why is there, why is there, when we get back, Ray, I'd like to ask you a question. Uh, Well, we got a guest coming up in just a minute, but I would, I would like to ask a question. Of you, Ray. Why is what is the rift or the uh, dividing line there in the Democrat Party uh, between people who are um, 
supportive of Israel and, and people who hate Israel. Okay. And we'll be back. We're gonna, who are we going to talk to, Walker, in just a yeah, moment? Yeah, we're going to talk to Jonathan Copel, who's a Louisiana high school teacher, about how he stood up uh, and spoke truth in front of his local school board about gender identity and critical race theory being taught in our public schools. So he will be with us after the break as well. And then Dr. Alex McFarland a little bit later on. One of the questions I want to ask Alex is, what does the Bible mean when it says pray for the peace of Jerusalem? We'll be back momentarily. I think I've got a stumper for you this week. Trivia Friday. You know you laugh, and you know you always learn something. What vegetable did an ancient Egyptian place his right hand when taking an oath? <laughs> yeah, it's funny now, but put yourself in my place. Is that funny, Jim? It is. But listen to the question. <laughs> Trivia Friday. You'll want to tune in. 10 a.m. Central on American Family Radio. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox my hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Are you in the midst of your college search? We invite you to explore Liberty University this spring at one of our on-campus events. Spend a few hours exploring campus at Tour LU, dig deeper, and learn more about life at Liberty during Experience OU. Or you can take your next steps towards training for your dream career on a world-class campus by meeting with faculty and department heads and getting your questions answered at DecideLU. Learn more about these visiting opportunities and register today by texting VISIT to the number 49596. Again, that's VISIT to the number 49596. A once-beloved and well-respected Christian ministry is facing a giant scandal. Campus Crusade for Christ, now known as CREW, has been overrun by social justice warriors infecting the organization with critical race theory. Campstone Report first obtained a copy of an explosive internal report documenting how CREW has elevated ethnic identity over the gospel message. The ministry's training seminars promote anti-white and anti-American rhetoric, including a book on white fragility written by Robin D'Angelo. During one cultural training seminar, staffers were shamed for their support of President Trump. One crew worker, a 49-year veteran, said he left one training seminar feeling like he was automatically being judged as a racist because he's a white guy. Campus Crusade confirmed to me the authenticity of the document, but denied their mission had been compromised. The facts say otherwise. I'm Todd Stearns. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Again, welcome back uh, to today's issues, everybody. You're listening to American Family Radio. Hey, should you want to join us on the Internet, go to Facebook or YouTube and just type in Today's Issues, and you can log on there and watch the show. On those websites, we also have um, our stories that we talk about, the original sources. Fred gathers every morning, and Steve gathers every morning. We post those stories so you can have that information for yourself at our Today's Issues Facebook page. you want to introduce our guest, Walker? Yes. On the line with us from Louisiana, we have a high school teacher there, Jonathan Copel, and I covered uh, this story on my show this past weekend uh, on AFA at the Core. And uh, Jonathan stood up and uh, and spoke some truth to the local school board there. Jonathan, welcome to Today's Issues. Hey, guys. Hey, Jonathan, where do you live? <laughs> that's uh that's a secret for now <laughs> but you live I'm in louisiana a, right somewhere in louisiana. louisiana i'm on the north shore of lake pontchartrain so i'm I'm in the greater new orleans area okay so you're in the witness protection program that um, you're not us? yet i mean look I'm, I'm i'm from louisiana we believe in the second amendment so i'm not too concerned but gotcha. uh, i am on the north shore I'll, I'll give you that much okay tell us what happened so I found out that there was a children's program being used uh, in my school. And actually, it turns out this is used in schools all across America. The, the program Brain Pop has some decent content, right? You might learn about photosynthesis or uh, kinetic energy, uh, Newton's law of motion. They have great animated videos for that type of stuff that teachers can give to kids. They can watch it and get a great lesson out of it. But that particular company promotes things like critical race theory and uh, what I guess it's now called transgender education where you have people trying to convince kids to be transgender, that their friends are transgender. Uh, and we're, we're talking about grade school children, all right? They're not presenting this information to adults, they're presenting it to young children. So uh, when I found out that this particular program, Brain Pop, was pushing that sort of information to kids, I immediately said i'm going to go bring this up to my school board whether they know it or not whether they're aware whether they're not aware i'm going to make a very clear stance i'm going to tell them what i think about it what i believe about it and i'm going to tell them there's only two genders uh, which it wound up becoming very relevant i didn't know this they were voting on a curriculum that would have presented that information to kids and taught that there are hundreds of genders Hmm. and uh I, i don't know how much my speech influenced the school board, but they did vote to adopt a curriculum that did not have the transgender education in it, uh, which just happened, I believe, last week, and they're finalizing it this week. So uh, it's it's crazy, man. Uh, that, that's what I did. That's yeah. it. I just, John, I just John, went and spoke up. Yeah, Jonathan, this is Walker. We, we I'm gonna uh, we're gonna play your clip. Uh, I played it on okay. my show this weekend. We pulled it from the school board meeting, um, and so let's just play Jonathan speaking to his local school board. We got kids that can't read and write, and then we're going to teach them incorrect grammar. I mean, it's ridiculous, okay? Who who gave permission to talk about this? There's two genders. If you're born with a penis and you have testicles, that's just anatomy, you're a male. If you have a vagina and ovaries, you're a female. A man cannot menstruate. A man cannot lactate and breastfeed a child. You cannot give birth if you're a man. 
If you want to be an adult and do whatever you want with your life, I'm okay with that. Don't push this ideology on children. I'm not going to work in a district that's okay with that. You need to make a clear statement on how many genders are there because parents, are they're, they're already pulling their kids out of public school. They're doing homeschool options. They're going online. It's going to increase as this liberal ideology comes into our schools. This isn't a political indoctrination camp, okay? It's public education. We want to teach education, not left-wing ideas that aren't backed up by facts or science. Jonathan, that that was obviously you there at the, at the school board meeting. Are you I want... trying to get fired? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just teasing. Uh, well, you, look, I'm, I'm, I'm just doing curious. It again. I'm, just, I'm just curious what the reaction was of of the school board. Uh, of course, they're not allowed to respond. They're not allowed to talk back to people who speak and give public comment. So they were, you know, they were listening. They were looking at me. Some of them looked like they were in shock, and that was that was it. You know, um, they just they seemed like some of them were in shock. Jonathan, I, I want you to talk a little bit about these different apps and softwares and websites that are used because, you know, that 30 yeah. years ago it was books and that was it. And then the Internet right. came along and uh, and now uh, students don't only use books and they don't only use just the the website of the school, but now they're using third party applications and and, yep. and 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 login portals where there's curriculum right so talk a little bit about that so that parents are aware uh, what to look out for right so this is this is where the issues really come in right so you say you have a you have a school that pays for a program such as brain pop or it could be whatever you know it could be learnscience.com so they pay for student accounts um, you don't know the heart of that company you don't know what they're trying to do to children. You don't know if they're a politically neutral organization. You don't know if they're woke as, um, as some, you know, we, we don't know. So you have teachers assigning assignments, and this is, I'm bringing this up at another school board meeting, which could be the last because now they're wanting to vote to get rid of public comment, getting rid of that whole ability to speak up um, at a school board meeting. So I'm gonna bring that up actually tonight. So. You have you have teachers that'll make assignments using these woke websites uh, and make kids go to it and read their content. It's always left leaning. It's always one sided. Um, one particular website being used, I just found out uh, at my own school by a particular teacher is called CommonSense.org. Sounds great, right? Until you read uh, about their hate speech, how to uh, combat and recognize hate speech online, it's telling you that extremist rhetoric and radical extremism is coming from conservative outlets and it doesn't mention that radical extremism it's not neutral at all it says it only mentions conservative outlets are spreading um, radical extremism and white supremacy on the internet it doesn't say anything about left-leaning organizations religious organizations it's not like mentioning a spectrum it's specifically stating that conservative outlets uh, with large followings people that might look like an influencer they are promoting racism and other themes that are so popular today on the news. Um, and that's being promoted by teachers. They're using websites like commonsense.org. They're using apps like BrainPop. Um, they're giving assignments. It's really sad. They're making kids do surveys. They're saying, hey, are you racist? And then having a, a conversation. Well, how come everybody said, no, I'm not racist? Somebody's got to be racist in my class. Well, actually, no, you're wrong, teacher, because there are kids that are actually not racist. In fact, most of the kids that I've encountered my entire life are not racist. I would say I've never encountered a racist child in my life. So mm -hmm. there's a lot going on. And, and the best way to be aware of it is having a good relationship with your child. 
if your child trusts you as a parent, if you have a good relationship uh, with your kid, they will be open with you. You can have open conversations. Uh, if the kid is secure at home, the kid's not going to be looking for answers outside of the home. The problem I'm seeing is that kids who are not secure at the home do not have good relationships with their parents or guardians. They're out there absorbing all of this bull, okay? They're just absorbing it like a sponge and being tainted and indoctrinated. So that, that having that relationship and that open line of communication is really important. Jonathan, uh, I, I listened to your speech. It's Fred here. Uh, I listened to your speech to the school board. A couple of things. You were calling on the school board to follow the science. Yep. <laughs> Not philosophy. Follow the yes. science. But you said something important there. We now have schools in this country where kids are failing math because they're not being taught math anymore and the real science instead of this uh, left-wing philosophy. This has become the driving force in and at least some schools in our country. Yeah. It's amazing um, to me. I've been to Cuba, okay? I've, I've traveled to Cuba, and the way they do school in Cuba is the first thing they do with their children is teach them, like, communist uh, indoctrination and they, they teach them to hate the things that we as Americans love, liberty, freedom, just facts, truth. And it seems that our schools across America are following in the footsteps of communism by promoting liberal ideologies and not promoting academia. We've got more educated people in America now than ever before, more people with degrees, yet, uh, so I'm, I'm 25 going on 26. My generation is basically poor. They don't own anything. They don't have any money. They're in debt, okay? So it's not working. It's not working and it needs to stop. We need to go back to truth, mm. real academics, real science, real math, real reading and writing, not this garbage that um, the woke curriculums and woke politicians are trying to push. And if the public school system doesn't uh, do what you're talking about here, they're going to continue to hemorrhage. Yep. Uh, because parents, a lot of parents are not going to put up with this stuff. And the, the, the tragedy, too, is a lot of teachers like yourself don't want uh, don't some of them don't even know what's at work here. But others feel like um, they're helpless because either they have to choose between their livelihood and what their uh, school board says they have to teach. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would submit too that most school board members don't in this country don't want to teach anti-Americanism and and hatred for white people. You're right. But but. They're unaware uh, of, of these websites, these apps. And, and uh, let me ask you one other question, Jonathan. You, you pronounce your last name Copel? Yes. Okay. You got it right. Okay. Jonathan Copel joining us from Louisiana. He's under the Education Witness Protection Program <laughs> uh, there because he is speaking out against this woke uh, nonsense, uh, critical race theory and anti-Americanism and anti-Christian, anti, anti yep. and hatred for white people, basically, too, is what's going on here with with a lot of this stuff here. But let me ask you this. Uh, uh, I'm sure you're doing your research on this. Uh, give me the trickle down here, because where does this come from uh, that finally Good. ends up in a, in a school you. system, in, in a Thank school you. system in your classroom in Louisiana? Thank you. So here's how it starts, okay? Here's how it starts. Somebody... I'm just going to give you, it's going to be kind of vague, but it's going to get out to the state and then to the, uh, in Louisiana, we have parish uh, instead of counties, you know, we have a parish. So 
it starts with somebody like an activist or a lobby group, like for example, BLM Inc. or the uh, educate the unions, the school teachers unions, right? They have a lot of money, a lot of pull, a lot of power. Somebody in those groups has an idea they want to push. So then they tell all their cronies, all their little subchapters, hey, this is what we need to have happening across America, right? And everywhere. We want to try to get it everywhere that we can. So then they influence state level or they'll influence the uh, federal level. Uh, usually what you'll see is at the state level, they'll pass a law like in Louisiana, um, a guy, I, I wish I could remember his name, he's a state rep. He tried to, he's trying to ban critical race theory so that we, we teach accurate history, facts, what happened and, and, and that's it, you know, facts. They're labeling him as racist. And then these groups, are, the media, local media, instead of being non-biased and neutral, they're reporting one-sided, right? They, they totally misquoted him. They misrepresented what he said. So you have these lobby groups who are connected to politicians. Somehow they make donations maybe to PACs. Um, they can make donations to uh, campaigns, whatever, nonprofits. They influence lawmakers. Then the lawmakers push for legislation. And then next thing you know, the state passes a, a something that's law that says every district has to teach a particular thing. And what's happening right now across America is that in the state legislators, they're trying to push for critical race theory to be mandated in the high schools. Right now, it's kind of a, a thing that just happens to be happening by districts. But if the states push it, then districts are going to be forced to instruct it or else they won't get money. They won't get the funding. So it's a really crazy bad thing that's happening right now and the only way to stop it is for people to call their state reps call their senators call the people in power call your school boards you have to let them know you are not for this this is anti-american this is anti-christian this is anti everything you believe and it doesn't take hundreds and hundreds of people you got to remember i'm just one guy okay i'm i'm a teacher i'm one person i can't believe the ripple effect of what i did so imagine if Everybody listening and everybody that sees my video and everybody that you guys are connected with calls their state rep and begs them not to allow legislation to be passed to promote critical race theory and yeah. to promote transgender education. All right. Hey, listen, God bless you, brother. Thank you so much for being on with us. And we yeah. wish you the best. Keep us posted. Thank okay? you. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Bless y'all. Okay. That's Jonathan Copel joining us from Louisiana. He is a public school teacher. Yeah, we do have a petition up on our website, afa.net, right now, uh, uh, urging people to sign our petition in support of Jonathan and his stand to He's, encourage him. He said raise H-E double hockey sticks. Something like that. You yeah. know what he said? He did. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> but I tell you what, man, he's a patriot right there. Yeah, yeah. he is. And, yeah. and he cares about the kids there in Louisiana. He's speaking up and at risk of his job. Sure. Yes. Uh, and he's only 26 years old. Yeah. Uh, and pray for him. He's going before another school board meeting tonight. Yeah. Where on the agenda is to stop having comments from the public at school board meetings. That's mm. Well, that's American, isn't it? <sighs> yeah. Silence was, free speech. Tim, mm -hmm. he was amazingly well-spoken. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can tell you the people on the other side, they don't want to see Jonathan <clears throat> coming up to the microphone because <laughs> I tell he you made what, his I, case as well as anybody I've ever heard. I, I tell you one thing that's uh, really refreshing that I'm seeing here, and us all having been involved in, in what's called the culture war now for a long time, is that there is, a, there is an uprising going there on. Is. Among, now, whether we'll be able to prevail against the forces of darkness 
are not out of, uh, in America. I don't know these Marxists, these cultural anarchists, these people that are pushing uh, seventy-five different genders and uh, all this this uh, critical race theory, critical race theory, and all this. But there is a backlash there across is. the country mm-hmm. against this, and and uh, I thank God for it. And governors are speaking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, senators, congressmen are speaking out. Legis- state legislatures in the red states are saying, no, it's not going to happen here. Uh, now, some of these blue states are just lost. They're just, they're just. I, mean, I don't know what you do, uh, California, for example. You, but, leave, you leave. Yeah, well, then people are. <laughs> they, right. They're losing people. Right. But, mm-hmm, but, right. uh, what, but the good thing is in, in the red states, for the most part, the, the re- resistance to all this garbage is strong. And, uh, and governors, I could list them. Maybe I will t- uh, next week. That are that are actually taking action and speaking out, and state legislatures too. And, and Tim, let me yeah. just make a point. You've made many, many times. One person can make a difference. Amen. This one guy down there in Louisiana who had the courage to put his name, his reputation, his job on the line, and look at the difference he Amen. has made already. Amen. Well, joining us now is Dr. Alex McFarland. He's stranded on Highway 72 in <laughs> uh, in rural North Carolina, and he's he's walking down this road with his cell phone in one hand and his a gas tank in the other. <laughs> How you doing, brother Alex? I'm blessed. It's good to hear your voices. Uh, now, Fred was saying like half your state doesn't have gas gasoline. Y- you know what? Uh, we have a thing out here at the airport called Colonial Pipeline, and it's a, a tank farm. And I remember when I was in high school, my history teacher, he it was during the Cold War, he said, if Russia ever bombs us, Greensboro, North Carolina, is going to become a crater. Because if they, you know, if they hit this tank farm, it would be uh, a bright light, let me tell you. But, uh, do, you know, the Greenies, everybody knows some people hacked into Colonial Pipeline. And um, it's interesting, when I when I speak out west, like in Texas, a lot of people that are in the petroleum industry, they know Colonial Pipeline because, you know, all this network of uh, delivery pipes goes all over the country. So, I mean, you, you think about this, AOC and all the greenies that, that don't like fossil fuels, quote unquote. Um, I thought about something uh, imagine, because everybody buys gas with a credit card at the pump, one of the ways that the, the socialist might try to control people, first of all, rationing uh, how much gas you're allowed to buy. Imagine you go and you fill up, and then they decide that, um, well, your credit card, you've already had a tank of gas this week. You don't get another one. I mean, if, if they control people's mobility... They control people, and so uh, don't underestimate the way that the the fuel wars will pl- will play into the socialists' attempt to mm-hmm. further, you know, turn this into a Marxist gulag. <laughs> hey, Alex. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Good good points. I want to ask you. Uh, we're going to talk about what's going on in Israel right now, and mo- but more specifically the. The reasons for it and the reaction among the far left, uh, not only in the United States but in the world, uh, against Israel and seemingly against the Jewish people. Would you define for us what anti-Semitism is, please? Oh, well, great, great topic. Anti-Semitism, 
takes many forms, but it's basically animus against not only the Jewish people, but specifically the state of Israel, believing that the state of Israel doesn't really have the right to exist. And let, let me say this, um, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal in, I believe it was the spring of 2020, Michael Blackman, who had been a campaign manager for Bobby Kennedy, a lifelong Democrat and a Jewish man, uh, not, not a conservative, not a Christian, certainly not anything that the left would accuse him of being. But Michael Blackman, he said that Bobby Kennedy nor JFK could be a Democrat today. And he said one of the racisms that goes unchecked is anti-Semitism. And so the, the left that prides itself on tolerance doesn't tolerate Israel. So, and by the way, I, I believe there's a spiritual component to anti-Semitism. It's not merely bad politics. Um, but, you know, in a way, guys, liberalism is, is a mental disorder. Because the left is wrong on everything. And look at, look at the Muslims. Look at the aggression. And the, the one enclave of civil rights in the Middle East is Israel. And yet they're against it. You know? Um, I, I think about 1984, Yasser Arafat, when the UN bullied uh, Israel to give up land for peace, which never works. And, and I'll never forget, I was watching Yasser Arafat on the news. This is 30 years ago plus. But they said, um, is this what you want? Will we have peace now? And Arafat said, what do we want? We want Israel driven into the sea. Now, only the left that thinks they are tolerant would be for the worldview that wants Israel yeah. exterminated. Let me ask you this, Ray, let me ask you this, and then Alice can comment on too. Um, there's so much to flesh out here, but when the Bible says uh, that we we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Ray, is that talking about us, modern-day Christians, praying for the peace of Jerusalem, number one? Number two is why? Well, why is that important? Well, number one. Jerusalem was the, the city God chose for himself. It's the city where the temple was built. It's the city where the glory of God was dwelling. It was the apple of God's eye. So, yes, it's the one place. I mean, you there, there are many cities in the world today, but there's only one Jerusalem. Should we still pray for Jerusalem today? Absolutely. We should pray for an end of the conflict. We should pray for some kind of lasting peace in the Middle East, understanding, understanding, Tim, there's not going to be final peace in the Middle East until the Messiah himself returns, till Jesus comes again. But yes, I think we ought to take the command to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And in a week like this, Christians everywhere should be pray for an end to hostility and for some kind of peace in that city. Alex? Yes. Well, you know what? Um, I loved your previous guest and talking about the CRT and school curriculum and everything. And part of uh, what I think the church has to do, we have to teach people about uh, Israel. And Ray is right. God is not done with Israel. God is not done with Jerusalem. Uh, on a cultural and political level, they are our 
strongest ally in the Middle East. And so um, we've got uh, a, a TNG conference coming up in the fall. Um, I'm going to have Sandy Rios and Frank Turek and myself, along with several other speakers, and we have a conference that I'm going to be announcing. Um, and I'm going to, if the good Lord will help me, we're going to do three next year. And our theme, and guys, you'll know exactly where I'm coming from, but worldview, the battles that we must win. And one of, we, and we are in a battle of worldviews right now. And the the liberal globalist worldview does not recognize Israel's right to exist. And so part of what we have to do is educate people and uh, not only culturally and politically, but definitely spiritually, um, being friends with Israel. I've often said this, guys, the, the, the greatest thing any president could do for the American people, besides upholding the Constitution, is being a strong friend of the nation of Israel. Because God said, I will bless them that bless thee. And, and we, need, um, we need presidents that understand the strategic nature of our friendship with Israel. Well, it's interesting to me, too, that uh, there are human rights violations going on all over the world. Okay? China is, uh, uh, with word. the yes. Uyghur Muslims, is that the way you pronounce it, Uyghur Muslims? Mm -hmm. uh, they yes. are... What word would you use to describe what they're doing to these folks? Genocide. Yeah, genocide. Okay. Genocide. Well, all right. And, and and almost the whole world recognizes this. The well, left, where's the outcry? The left doesn't rise up and say, we must end our relationship with communist China. Yet when Israel defends itself against incoming missiles from Hamas, a, a internationally recognized terrorist organization, then the left goes, Israel, condemn Israel. Uh, stop Israel. It's just, it, it does, there's no... Uh, that's why I mentioned to you anti-Semitism. There's a spiritual component here that is, is unseen, yeah. but it, but we Christians know what's going on here with this, and the Bible speaks to it. Alex, thank you, my friend. God bless you guys. Thank we'll you. We'll be back in five minutes after the news. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.